Welcome back, Intimates. I'm excited to find you experts to talk about love, connection, non-monogamy, polyamory, relationship anarchy, group sex, kink, commitment, and lots of other intimacy and relationship topics. Let's live our best lives together by unlearning stigma and getting clear on what we really want. Don't know what to ask for? I have loads of ideas for you. Of course, none of this would be possible without the support of my amazing Patreon supporters or my current hosts, the Musqueam First Nation on whose unceded lands this podcast was made and this human was born. If you want to support more intimate interactions, you can say thank you by supporting us on Patreon for as little as $1 a month. Patreon supporters also get every episode of the podcast ad-free with short intros and outros. I know funds are not an option for some of you lovely humans, but don't fret, there are other ways you can help out. You can help make more intimate interactions by just telling someone you listen to this podcast. Or if you're feeling especially generous, you can share a link to an episode you like and discuss it with a friend or partner, or even leave us a review on iTunes or your favorite podcasting site. Help other humans interested in more intimacy and better relationships find us. If you have your own podcast, shout us out. Need a podcast guest? Email offers to podcast at victorsalmon.com. I love talking about relationships and intimacy, and I love cross-promotion and working with other podcasters. Okay, let's hear about today's episode. There are places in the world right now where you can't even say the word coronavirus. This episode, I catch up with my good friend Morgan while we're both doing self-isolation as directed by government policy. While we don't live in a place that enforces lockdowns, we're both responsible enough to know that if the government says it's dangerous for us to be out and about, we'll do our very best to self-isolate for the full 14 days. In hindsight, recording this intro in the distant future, um, we did both do the full 14 days. It was very challenging, but that is just a thing. And I feel like a lot of folks right now are learning what it's like to self-isolate for 14 days. And it's going to be one of those shared international experiences, which is one of the strange silver linings of living through a pandemic. At the time of recording this, um, we were both very fortunate to have roommates who were understanding. Uh, Mine helped me go out shopping at one point, by which I mean shopped for me. Um, Part of being low FODMAP for me is the tremendous difficulty of finding food that won't make me sick, though usually plain food and especially plain meat is okay. I tend to mostly struggle with carbohydrates, which is to say fruit and vegetables as well, which is an incredibly difficult way to try and meal plan. In any case, um, I had just recently bought a chest freezer off of Craigslist from a wonderful local business owner who just wanted to get rid of it, got a good deal on it. It's a great chest freezer. There is a particularly good sale of eye round beef at a local grocery store. So suffice to say, when I, by surprise, um, found out I needed to self-isolate for a full 14 days without leaving the house, I had more than 28 days of protein, making meals significantly easier. Oh my goodness, though, most of the recommendations, pasta, tomato sauce, all these things had to be incredibly specific. Rice flour and rice pasta makes me sick. Any garlic and anything makes me sick, not to mention all the usual FODMAPs, which is incredibly difficult. So literally, I, I wheat makes me sick, so I couldn't eat most cereals. I couldn't eat most pastas. I couldn't eat most pasta sauces. So all the usual recommendations were like, uh, I guess I'm having eggs for breakfast, a small amount of corn-based cereal, because I can have a little bit of corn before it makes me sick. Um, or a small amount of oatmeal in the afternoon, and then I will just have beef for dinner. And I'll do that for 14 days straight with no barbecue sauce or ketchup or anything like that because it's rich in fructose, which guess what? Makes me sick. So suffice it to say, spelt pasta with olive oil and white vinegar, because 
balsamic vinegar can make me sick um, was the go-to option um, when I wanted to do anything pasta related. So figuring out the low FODMAP version of self-isolating for 14 days was a little redonkulous, but we should probably get back to Morgan, the extrovert, who's even more extroverted than I am, who is one day ahead of me in terms of her isolation. So I'll just let Morgan tell you about their situation here on Intimate Interactions. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna pause eating. I just wanted one last bite. <laughs> no, that was great. <laughs> I literally was like, whenever you're ready, and you just put the biggest mouthful into your thumbs up. If there's anything that is true about me, it's that I am most ready when my mouth is full. <laughs> so <laughs> let's fucking go. <laughs> I appreciate you so much, Morgan. I appreciate you too, Victor. <laughs> so I will welcome everyone to another session of Intimate Interactions. My guest today is Morgan, um, who is self-isolating because she was traveling in the U.S. for 14 days. No, it um, wasn't 14 days. Oh, sorry. I totally wrote that down wrong. Who is traveling in the U.S. and is now self-isolating for 14 days. Silly Victor tricks are for rabbits. <laughs> um, and who is this is one of the stars of another podcast called black chat. You can find them at, at as black chat on pretty much everywhere podcasts are found. But if you need a link, they're at anchor.fm slash black chat, all one word. They're on Instagram at black chat Vancouver, and you can support them on Patreon at patreon.com slash black chat. How are you doing today, Morgan? Um, I'm pretty okay to be completely honest, Victor. Um, I, most of my day has been a bunch of phone calls with people because I'm slowly losing my mind. But otherwise, you know, it's all right. What day of self-isolation are you on? I'm going into day four. <laughs> so I think I might also be going into day four. Let me check the dates. Right, because I stayed home on Tuesday because I went to work. Did I go to work Monday? I can't even remember. I need to check my calendar. Um, but I'm pretty sure I stayed home. My goodness, this is only day three for me. Jesus, isn't it? It's hard. It is really hard. Yeah. Um, I went from having no symptoms to having all the symptoms very quickly. Jeez, like just like one day, that was it? So funny story, um, and I do my best not to name people in my podcast just because some people are weird about it, but my, yeah. my roommate is how they shall be referred to in this episode, um, comes home and is just like, hey there has been a confirmed corona test from someone at work someone else at work has corona symptoms and i'm now going to be self-isolating for 14 days but my employer insists i come into work and i'm like what so i'm like this is like like what like that's that's really really serious like we're trying to stop a pandemic um and they were like i know um, I just thought you had a right to know I'm going to be self-isolating in my room. Like, I, I'll try not to touch anything communal, and I'll just order all my food in and do my best. And I'm like, okay, all right. So I tell my work. My work panics. I phone the Corona hotline. The Corona hotline's like, you don't need to self-isolate unless you're showing symptoms. And I was like, oh. So I tell my work, well, I'm like in the middle of writing the email to work, being like, you know, false alarm. Apparently, we don't need to self-isolate because we're not showing symptoms. Um, and then my roommate comes back and is like, oh, hey, so I checked in with my boss at work today. And apparently, there hasn't been a confirmed corona test. And the other person who's showing symptoms is self-isolating, but it's not supposedly not corona-related. 
And I'm like, oh. So I finished my email to work being like, teehee, false alarm. Sorry that you almost like fired slash laid off everybody and sent them all home because I only work with three other people and I work with all of them in close proximity, even though we don't like, you know, we're practicing good social distancing. We're not shaking hands or anything. But still. You're still like, you're around people, you're talking with them and maintaining a six foot talking distance is really hard. It's just not the way people talk in my experience. I'm I'm very much the same way. I I'm a big people person and so even though like I one just like to be around a lot of people, I feed off of energy really heavy that way, but also like I basically like to lay on top of people as I speak to them. So I'm like <laughs> <laughs> how do I keep 6 feet? I just end up shouting. Yeah, you're like we're so far away. Mhm. Yeah, you're definitely, like, an extreme extrovert, which is a good thing, I think. It balances out a lot of people, so that's cool. <laughs> you're like, a lot of people I hang out with just like to listen. Uh, yes. <laughs> we have um, some of those people in common. We definitely do, and they are wonderful humans, and I'm very grateful for them for being, like, the social lubricant that tolerates my abrasive ass, like, always wanting to be talking. Yes, <laughs> correct. <laughs> very fortunate that way. Yeah. So, right, I should probably finish my story, and then I'm going to ask you about all of your travels in the U.S. and Corona there. Oh, yeah, um, let's do it. So, right, so I, phone, I I email work, like, literally, like, 30 minutes after I've sent this, like, highly, a- anyways, like, fairly, not panicked exactly, but, like, I might not be coming into work, like, all these things. Then I'm like, okay, well, the Corona hotline said that I don't need to self-isolate. Oh, and also... Um, I've been updated and apparently there's no Corona test and there's no, and they were like, Oh, okay, that sounds fine. And then like literally that evening I am like coughing up my lungs. I'm just like, this is really uncomfortable. Um, and I had like a mild fever and I had a mild headache and I'm like, what the actual fuck? I'm like, so there's no trail from Corona to me and I haven't been hanging out with anyone who's been out of the country. So it's almost certainly not Corona, but I haven't had a respiratory tract infection in like, more than 10 years like since i was in india that is how long it has been morgan i last had a respiratory tract infection when i was visiting india after i graduated from university yeah that was 2009 so it's been 11 years and i have respiratory tract infection and it happens to be right around the time of corona i'm like "Mm, i'm suspicious but i'm like you know what though usually I weather sickness all right, but things have been getting different because I experience IBS and that's effect that affects your immune system a little bit. So I'm yep. like, okay, so it might be a little different. It might be a little worse, but it was like that night I'm like, you know what? Actually, maybe I exaggerated my symptoms. I wasn't really coughing until that like night when I was sleeping, but when I was making the decision to email work, I'd had like one or two little coughs and was like, uh-oh, uh, 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 I'm sure that can be explained. I'm sure yeah. that's not actually a cough, you know, yeah. full denial. But then I mailed work to be like, I am going to self-isolate for the rest of this week at the very least and figure out what the hell's going on and call the Corona hotline again and like just just figure shit out. And then when I confirmed with work, um, wow, I'm really bad at telling stories concisely. TLDR, I end up self-isolating for 14 days. That evening, I have a whole bunch of coughing that prevents me sleeping. And I'm like, oh, no, if I can't sleep, I'm not going to be able to build the immunity to deal with this infection. And like if I don't deal with this myself, there is not really another line of defense. Like there's basically like they won't even test you for Corona unless you're going to be hospitalized. 
literally if they're like you might die we'll te- they'll test but otherwise they like there's they don't have the capacity to just be testing anyone with a cold and at the end of the day also like you're a you're younger than what the like concerned age is right and so you know so I, I still feel it in my lungs. There's still a soreness in my lungs, which is redonkulous. I've never had, like, I, I don't have respiratory tract infections in general, but I don't think I've had an infection that felt anything like this. You know, when you get a stitch and it's really intense, severe pain, and then you just, like, you have to, like, lift an arm and you, like, stretch out and then you breathe in and it just pops and everything kind of sets. Yes. Yeah. So I had pain like a stitch, but it didn't pop or set. Like, it was just like, oh, this is really painful in my lungs. And then it just sort of dissipated. And I was like, well, maybe that was a stitch. But then I'm still sore in that area. And I was like, yep. oh, man, this is a pretty intense symptom. So fuck, I, I'm having the most intense respiratory tract infection of my life, probably. The one in India was, was, was not like, was somewhat, it was somewhat intense because I was really fatigued. But this one has been more painful. So that should say something. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So TLDR. Wow. And, and the thing is, apparently, when you produce antibodies to this, you're supposed to be able to have recovery from symptoms within about three days. If you have a normal, healthy response, it's as short as three days. Which Dang. is nuts. And you can have symptoms and then not have symptoms and then have symptoms again, which is why they're like, just take two weeks. That's so wild. Or you can have no symptoms until like day 13. You know, yep. how many, you know how pissed off I'm going to be if I'm chilling here being fine and then fucking day 13. Can I swear on your podcast? You definitely can. Okay, great. And then fucking day 13, I'm out here like hacking up a lung. I'm going to be so mad, Victor. <laughs> and then you're going to have to do another two weeks. I Could you imagine? I can't. <laughs> no, I can't. No, I can't. You're like, oh. I will be the equivalent of Typhoon Mary long before I spend 27 days in isolation. Yeah. Yeah. I'm already concerned about 14. Like, 14's a big number. It's way it's bigger a... than four. It's 10 bigger I... than four. <laughs> I, have 10, I have 10 more days to do. And literally yesterday, my roommates were like, Morgan, I don't know how you're going to do it. Like, I don't know how this is going to go for you. Because I basically just like sit and scream through my door, hoping someone can hear me and engage me in conversation. Or I'm ridiculous and I have people sitting outside my house at a picnic table below my balcony. And we have conversations that way, which is really sweet, actually. But it's really just, sweet. I am not a person that is made to be inside for 14 days. It's a long time. Yeah. I am, I'm trying to lean on my inner nerd. So I spent a lot of yesterday playing Battletech, the um, computer game, which is like yes. move machines around and the machines blow each other up, which doesn't sound fun, but it was actually ridiculously fun. I had a great time. It actually sounds amazing and entirely therapeutic. It was, it was therapeutic because I was like, yeah, yeah, you blow that guy up. Blow him up. Blow him up. Yes. I'm just like, you're so frustrated from all this pent-up energy of, like, not being able to see anyone or, like, my goodness. I really don't want my partner to get this disease. But if it's faded and my partner gets this disease, I'm going to be like, can we just, like, co-self-isolate? Can you just come over so that I can have cuddles? Just cuddles. 
I would love touch on the skin. It's just like I'm yes. so touch starved. <laughs> yes. I literally am. I'm literally depriving. Like I have people that like FaceTime me overnight. And so I can hear them breathe. <laughs> so I feel like there are people Aww. around. I'm literally on day four and I'm losing my mind, Victor. <laughs> it's gonna be oh. okay. It's gonna be okay. I believe that. I do. And, geez, you're not it's even a time. sick. I'm not, not even sick. sick. No, I'm just hanging out. Honestly, like I'm hanging out. Um, I'm basically frantically masturbating because I have nothing else that I really <laughs> have energy or care to do. It's legit. I may as well. I may as well just make myself feel good. Um, I think I'm too and... ill to frantically masturbate, but like all the props, like that's great. If I were well, hell yeah, that's what I'd be doing. You know, like I'm sure if I was sick, this would not be the case. And also I would hope that it's the case. Um, <laughs> and I've been like being sure to eat. So I live with four other people in our house. I'm really fortunate because my bedroom which I'm also in, I have my own bathroom and I also have a balcony all from the confines of my room. So I can get mm -hmm. fresh air, be outside and like socialize air quote, while also keeping all of my germs contained. And then right. when it comes to eating, um, somebody wanted to send me some skip the dishes. So I let them, hence why I'm eating a brownie. Um, but I can like retrieve it from the balcony. Um, I all put as well. I'm just, some I'm just checking stuff. Okay, great. I put some gloves and a mask on and grab my stuff. And then if I use my kitchen, um, all of so in the house in general, everyone has gotten to wearing gloves in the kitchen and then wiping everything down and mm -hmm. doing your like handling your own dishes, all of that. But um, I still need to use the kitchen because that's my life. Um, and so we just make sure that everyone is in their set their own rooms or out of the kitchen and I will do my thing and, and would do all my dishes right away, wipe down mm -hmm. the counters, go out in my gloves and my mask, um, live my life and then, you know, kind of do it that way. So that's been my stick and it's been working. I just actually like people. And so I want to be with people all the time. So I don't have masks. There weren't any when I was stocking up. Any of the three yeah. times I went, even at different stores, I couldn't find masks. I couldn't find hand sanitizer. So I just wash my hands regularly. But it's like my room yep. is just a corona. If it is corona, then this room is a corona death trap. No one should come into my room because <laughs> they will get it from everything. They'll like just breathe the air and like the corona off gassing from like respiratory <laughs> droplets on the walls will just like attack their face ruthlessly. And they're going to be like, oh, I'm sick. Yeah. yeah well I mean I also think so I also like I I have a mask I have one mask and I've been I don't know if I'm supposed to rewear masks but first of all okay let's I mean I don't think we have this as a note but let's just take a minute to talk about the amount of fucking waste that corona is providing the planet right now yeah you know how many fucking gloves I go through because you can't reuse your gloves I don't know about the mask I, I basically was just like, what is the CDC's, what is the Center for Disease Control's like right. recommendation and whatever for You're isolation? Like mask. mask and gloves. Yeah, they break it down and they're like, basically they're like, stay the fuck room if you live with other people. 
engage with other humans as little as possible. If you have to be three to six feet away, so six feet away yeah. and, um, you know, wear gloves and wear a mask. And I'm like, okay. And that wasn't even if you're showing symptoms, that's what they said for people that had traveled outside of Canada. Um, Brutal. And so I was like, okay. Yeah. My brother is still trying to get back to Canada. He just did a four-hour taxi to Marrakesh, and he's getting a flight to the UK, and then he's trying to get back to Canada from there. Yeah. So he's been in, like, he's he's been in contact with a consulate, and, like, he's he's getting, like, one of those flights back so that he can be in Canada, but... Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. He should have come back a long time ago, but the flight started going nuts because everyone was trying to get tickets everywhere and then everything started getting canceled. Um, so he like thought he had a flight a couple of times and then didn't. So he's been trying, obviously. It's just, I'm just scared for him, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, That's really fucking fair. It's scary. My grandparents up until four days ago were in Portugal <laughs> and they were like, and they were like, oh, Morgan, we're fine. Da, da, da. We're like cooking fish and we're like having drinks and they're living their best life. Definitely. And I'm out here panicking. I'm like, you're literally right beside Spain. Could you just get home? And so they're home and they're self-quarantining. My grandma's like, we're catching up on five weeks of shows. We got, you know, <laughs> some booze. We got some booze in the house. Grandpa's got beer. I got wine. We're fine. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Jeez, that but is, like it's that is living their best life. Like that's if only I could weather this with that much grace, I would be so happy. Truly, I wish I just had like you said another person with me for yes cuddles, but also just at, for like mm -hmm. like I don't know the energy that is a human being. Yeah. Yeah. To be fed, to have someone engage with you and like interact with you and activate all the social parts of your brain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's yeah. a hard thing to live without. Yeah, it is. It is. I should probably it go is. back I to. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, no, I was going to try to smoothly transition <laughs> to this list. <laughs> oh, awesome. Because that's exactly what I was planning on doing. It's almost like <laughs> we're both extroverts or something yes <laughs> um solid i appreciate it teamwork so yes. so for you how would you describe the steps and stages of corona becoming a pandemic while you were in the u.s so i traveled to the u.s the day that the bc government was like if you're traveling outside of canada you have to self-isolate upon return for or you should self-isolate right. upon return for 14 days and so for me at the process so for me, Corona could have it really happened like at a better time, honestly, you know, wish this had been because like I've been going through some of my own shit. So at the time of me making the decision to go to the States for like the weekend, I just literally wasn't I wasn't in a good mindset like myself. There was a lot for me going on. And so I look back now from like literally a week ago today I left and I am like mad at myself that I went because I had won a lot of people being like, Morgan, don't go or you shouldn't go. And I was like, I really feel like I need to go because I feel like I'm going to literally die. Um, 
And so there was that, but also like, I feel like the week before it happened, we were all like kind, like not even all, but within my circles of things, we'd been talking about it um, because I have people in my regular life that have um, weaker immune systems and that are porn, um, uh, prone to illness. Um, and so we've been talking about that just in regards to keeping like spaces as sanitary and what have you as possible. And then like Monday came and there was like a little bit. And then I don't know, I feel like over the weekend things really like the BC government was like, or health administrator or whoever it was, was like, don't, you know, you shouldn't travel, but nonetheless, like borders were still open and everything. And so it was fine. And then like, I remember being in the States, I was like, okay, um, I got there and like um, went to the grocery store literally just to grab like base. Like I was like, I need deodorant and that's that and hand sanitizer. So we went to a grocery store like in and out super quick um, and then went to the house and we were basically in the house for the entire weekend. And then one day went like, I think it was Sunday, went to the grocery store and like, a different one, but like nothing was there. Like nothing was there. I was like, I, I don't fully, I I was like this, I understand what is happening, but like, this is like shit you see in movies. Like this is weird. (laughs) This is really weird. And this is the shit you see at the end of the, like, (laughs) this is like the post, that's like the post-apocalyptic shit. Not not two days or whatever in. Like I know it's not two days in, but you know what I mean in terms yeah. of the quickness of it. I was like, yeah, like it was. It, yeah, it was like, oh, this is happening. Like you know, do some, take some precautions, and then it just shit just hit the fucking fan. Fuck. One thing's for sure: if this were a real zombie apocalypse, I'd be a fucking zombie by now. Jesus Christ! Like if this infection, if this infection is any indication, or my lack of like. Oh, wow. A lot of people had the forethought to get to stores like way before I did. There were videos of hoarders getting into Costco when it opened, racing to supplies like um, hand sanitizer and um, sanitary wipes, like the disinfecting wipes and toilet paper. And the funniest part about this is I'm like, hey, douchebags, this isn't a shit yourself disease. (laughs) This is a hack up your lungs disease. Why do you need 200 rolls of toilet paper? Yeah. Everything else I get. I get the I get grabbing a lot of masks. I get like the disinfecting wipes. I get the gloves. I get like all that makes sense to me. Hand sanitizer, etc. Cleaners. Why the fuck are you getting toilet paper? I don't get it. I just don't get it. I got nothing. Unless unless they need to use the toilet paper with like the disinfectant to wipe sit down, I guess. But even then so. I literally have one full roll of toilet paper and like a little bit of one and a box of Kleenex. Solid. Which I'm not stressed. I have a shower I have a shower in my bathroom. I'll hop in that shit and live my life. And also I'm not being <laughs> near people. So if I wanna yeah. be a gross mess, yeah. let me <laughs> Totally. Yeah. Yeah, showers yeah, are essential. It's... Yes. Speaking of which, yeah. I should shower today because I was a mess I, yesterday and last night. I should shower today just because it's been a while. I'm not going to lie since I showered. Like I said, I've been going through a lot. It's self-isolation. If you're in self-isolation, you don't have anyone to shower for except for the enjoyment of the feeling of showering. And when you're really sick yes. and feel gross, it's like, yeah, I don't know. Yes, exactly. 
exactly this. But I have taken um, two yeah, like, so like baths. Oh, those felt good. Like a hot bath, just sitting in a hot bath is the closest thing to getting my touch needs met. I I support this for you. Sorry, you were I, saying? I, um, I was just gonna say, like, to get back to the panic of it, like it's, oh, yeah. it's, yeah, it's weird, and I feel like too. So I, my granny lives in South in Guyana, South America, and my auntie was on the phone with her like just the other day, and she was out here like being like, oh, I was at church, I was shaking hands, you know talking with all the people and i'm like you both me and auntie are like you're 70 can you not can you not do that (laughs) but you know also i mean like to a degree i understand i like i'm really i really understand self i like i i very much understand the need to self the self-isolate as well as social distance and everything i very much do and i think about the people who are like most prone to this being a pro like a bigger problem so like elderly folks immunosuppressed folks things like that and then particularly with like elderly people i'm like listen y'all have lived a long life who am i to like really come down on you for shit like do i agree with what you're doing no but like like yeah you know like i don't it's weird it's weird i feel the need to like want to like help everyone and tell everyone what to do, which is ridiculous because I didn't listen to people. Literally, I could have just not gone to the States and here I would be able to not be confined to my bedroom, but I was a it stubborn wasn't asshole. It was essential travel. It, I mean, at the time it felt essential. Like I, I was in my own crisis and right, right, right. L- couldn't see past my crisis. Right. No, that's fair. Um, and so I was like, this feel, I feel like I need to do this thing. I didn't need to do that thing, Morgan. You could have had a mental breakdown here. Um, and also, I feel more stable now than I did literally a week ago today. I'm glad you at least feel more stable. Same. Who knew? Isolating Morgan for four days will keep her grounded as fuck. I mean, you'd think it would be the opposite. Oh, I'm going to lose my mind. Give me like two days. That's okay. You have 10. (laughs) Then it'll happen twice. I have, I have 11. So like. (laughs) (laughs) That's Uh, so rough. Yeah, I don't. I mean, yesterday you had 11, but I feel like that's what's going to happen. We're both going to get to like four days left and we're going to be like, okay, I'm losing my mind now. And then people are going to be like, but like you said that eight days ago. (laughs) I'm like, shut up. I said that on day two. Yeah. Literally day two, I was I woke up and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Also, <gasps> dis- despite having university level training in aseptic technique, which I can do for short periods of time, when I'm fucking on my own or just like moving through life, I'm going to touch my fucking face. I'm going to do it all the time. I'm going to bite my nails. I'm going to touch my face. I do my best not to. And I'm really good at it for short periods of time. And then I catch bubonic plague. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of a face toucher. One, I like to pick at things, like you know, <laughs> I like to pop things. Um, so that's a problem. And I'm a nose picker, also. Um, so that's a thing. I pick my ears a lot too. I really, and I have pointy nails, so I don't chew them, but they're always fucking touching me. Even right now, I just and so. I understand. I it's hard. It's hard. And like, also, you know, 
as much as a lot of these, a lot of what is the procedure as to how to deal with it, washing your hands, having supplies, not touching your face, social distancing, like, let's not forget that there's communities that, like, literally cannot do that. Right. That don't have, like, running or potable water. So, like, right. what are we doing there? Yeah. And not even just communities that are foreign to where we are now. Like, homeless communities and other marginalized groups, like folks that are living in really high-density environments where you've got six people to a household or more. Um, yeah. You know, there there's a serious issue with housing in Vancouver in general, and it's led to all these people. Ironically, van dwellers are probably in some of the best condition to be doing this, except mm-hmm. for the fact that if they need to self-isolate, they can't because they need to use a washroom at, like, a public facility. Yes. I don't understand how... Well. I do understand, actually. I could see, because I try to think like the malicious government that exists. Thank you for doing your best. And also... um, That was essentially my Facebook comment, too. Was like, I'm really happy that they're releasing incredibly decent, sensible policy around this in terms of payment that they're doing for people in the gig economy and payments they're doing for additional EI and payments for people on EI who can't normally access EI. Like they're releasing a crap ton of money, which is exactly what the country needs. And also they have a long history of not being the best government of not making decisions that are, that are, I mean, it's arguable whose interests they're in and and we could talk about that for a long time. Um, But yes. So you were talking about marginalized populations. I also think too, sorry, because I'm an extrovert and my brain is like a bunch of rabbit holes. Yeah, yeah. I also think too, I understand the piece around money like I do, and I appreciate that. And I understand that in order for this economy to not completely fucking crash, that mm-hmm. money needs to continue to circulate. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that like that is the piece that we do need to remember because the, like this will already be a big amount of chaos and the economy is like, already crashing and it's already going to be really hard to recover from. But also, like, if the economy, like, if it, if money stops circulating, there's additional problems. And also, because I'm the radicalist that I am, I'm like, if we just scrapped money altogether, put systems in place that, like, you know, allowed folks, it's like, okay, great, you're coming in for these goods, we're going to keep, like, if there was just a way for us, for, like, things to continue to move without money being a thing, if we were really community-minded fit people as a society then i feel like dealing with this would be so traumatic like so drastically easier but alas yeah yeah no there are there's a lot of interesting stuff that's being talked about that i think is worthwhile that most people would normally consider very radical but because it's a state of emergency it's getting airtime for example if hotels aren't getting any business right now how difficult would it be to say we're in a state of emergency, let's just home the homeless so they have access to the ability to self-isolate? That's something that would literally never get talked about outside of a state of emergency, and it's getting playtime right now. Literally. And what I also find interesting, too, is the ways that so many companies and, like, you know, things are able to adjust in a way that's really rational, even if this wasn't what was going on, but they're able to adjust and I'm like, oh, so we could have been doing this all along. Yeah, like literally like, we could be potentially housing homeless people um, if we know what hotel rooms in the city are going to be like. We could be potentially offering them 
to folks and the government of Canada could be paying cleaning costs and shit like that. Um, yes. Like there, there are options. There are things we could do or alternatively we could just build better shelters or fund shelters more. Like there's just a lot of stuff we could be doing and we're not even talking about large sums of money. If you're not talking about building construction, you're just talking about like funding shelters and such. I don't know. To be honest, I'm not super well informed on what's in place, but what I've heard from um, one friend of mine who was homeless in Vancouver is there's plenty of food and shelters exist. You can find space and shelter. The hardest thing is finding anyone to hire you doing literally anything. That's what I've been told. Yeah. But I don't know from personal experience. Well I know that in Vancouver, I also don't know from here from personal experience, but I do know that within Vancouver, like they do have like, so they, we have a lot of better, we have a lot better programs set up here than a lot of other places do. And that sure. includes like places within Canada um, and North America. So this much I know, I also know, and that there are people who like, there are people who like in terms of living within a physical building will choose not to. And I assume that that's for a large amount of reasons. One, because SROs are a lot and, and a scary time, especially if you're like a marginalized woman, men or age or person or mm. like anything mm -hmm. like that. So all of these things get difficult in that context. And then also to, you know, how many of our shelters are only available and open during the winter months? Sure. Or that, you know, have more capacity during the winter months than they do in the summertime. Like those are things that actually fluctuate. And so it's true, like better infra infrastructure in general would be helpful. And also like, let's consult the people that we like want to do this for right. on this, st this stuff, because they'll likely be able to tell us better than we can. Definitely. Um, we had those warming shelters up during the winter, which is nice because Vancouver doesn't even get super cold, but yeah. it's still really important because the homeless are not prepared for it to get super cold here because it typically doesn't. So having the warming shelters at like a warmer temperature makes a lot of sense. Yes. But I'm not yeah. an expert on homelessness, um, but it is important to talk about marginalized my... people when we talk about pandemics because it speaks to the ability to self-isolate and how much of this is such a privilege to be able to sit here um, without income for two weeks and not lose my, lose my place, you know? Yes. Yeah, for real. Literally. Literally. I've been thinking a lot about, too, um, because I kind of see both sides of it, and I say this really trying not to be an asshole, but actually just, like, I don't know, maybe needing more info, but I've been thinking a lot about like people like refugee folks or immigrant folks in the context of we're closing our borders because mm. our borders are closed from all external, um, like any, uh, foreign travel. And so, and I've seen a lot of people have like a lot of responses about that in which I understand. And I also am curious about containment. So I think a lot about people who are like in dire need of places to be and right. maybe even have things set up in order to be here but just need to be here and they can't be right. so then you know so i also have been thinking a lot about that right it's like if you could literally be murdered for a political reason or because there's war in your country and you're just trying to get out as a civilian and you've got everything lined up and then this infection hits it it does become that idea of like prioritizing containment over some pretty serious severe need like there's i mean people don't just become refugees over nothing like yes yeah I hear you. Yeah. That is complex. Um, sorry? That is complex. Yeah. Yeah. I also, too, um, 
I don't know if you saw, but there is a nation that is on Vancouver Island. I'm trying to find their name right now so I can be clear in my information. Um, but yeah, there's a nation that's on Vancouver Island mm -hmm. that is basically blocking the road to like Tofino and that kind of area. And I've seen some people be like mad about it. And I'm like, hold on, hold on. The How government said, well, uh, yeah, right. I'm like, first of all, y'all would be mad because they're indigenous at like of not course. even surprised that you know yeah first we're blocking you or like folks are blocking you from getting to work and now they're blocking you to getting to an isolated cabin fuck off <laughs> secondly <laughs> on their own like, land jesus uh. right <laughs> secondly it falls within the what is suggested by the government the government said minimize travel they're out here saying bitch stay the fuck out <laughs> like it's really interesting just in, yeah, in general to see everyone's responses to what's going on and their responses to everyone else's responses and what's going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, so you saw the U.S. stuff was going really sideways. You got back here. Grocery stores look like a zombie movie. So I, I haven't even actually been to a grocery store here. Oh, would you like to hear what my experience of grocery stores was like? Please, because, yeah, in the States, like, there were some places, I guess, that had, like, massive lineups and stuff. I only went to the grocery store, like, twice, um, and there was, like, no lineups either time that I went. Um, there was – the second time I went, there was, like, no food right. um, or a lot of things, but there – weren't any lineups so how was it for how was it for you how was it in canada um the lineups weren't different because i did what was recommended by the bccdc which is go at the non-peak hours so don't go and stand in a lineup of like 100 people that's not the way to you know like that's not the way to not catch something so i went at like 10 30 at night closed at like 11 yeah. and a whole bunch of other folks had the same idea of course um <laughs> But we're all like the super chill folks that are just like trying to like be polite, but like maintain six feet. It was actually like a really orderly experience. And it wasn't until I went back the next day because I had a couple of I went for a couple of shops because they say like, don't go and just like grab everything off of a shelf because one, you induce panic in other people and two, you disrupt the store. Right. Because they just they only have a limited amount. So just go and consume a little more than you would normally get. So I'm like, cool. So I'm going to go. and I'm going to get like, I don't know, like 10 cans of like canned fish or like I'm going to go and get like five bags of chips or I'm going to go and get like some steaks. Like I'm essentially just like gearing up and ramping up. And like as I'm thinking about this, I'm like and I'm increasing the number of exposures, too. So in hindsight, that also could be a place that I got it. It could have just been the grocery store. Um, Isn't that so wild? It's so frustrating. But like the grocery stores were stripped in some cases on some aisles. The staff was panicked. They were like frantically trying to restock stuff. Um, oh. And I felt so bad for them because like no matter who you call in, like what if your employees start saying they want to self-isolate and like retail workers and like frontline people that see hundreds of people a day are going to be the first ones to get sick. They're going to be the first ones to need to self-isolate. So who's restocking your hand sanitizer, you know? So anyways, I, I went and I did, I did this like big shot for myself and I was like, oh crap, my mom is in her sixties and 
is not taking this seriously. So I checked in with my siblings and was like, I'm going to go and I'm going to drive to North Delta and take my mom for a shop at Superstore and I'll grab all the products and just like deal with everything because like I want to be respectful, but also sometimes she doesn't take care of herself super well. So I just wanted to make sure that she had the ability to take care of herself super well. So we went um, and like every moment felt like a fight because she wasn't taking it seriously. We literally got there. She grabbed, I'm serious, Morgan, one onion and one, one like green elongated vegetable that I have seen maybe twice in my life, her by. And like, I get it. I get it. She wants to cook something with it. And I'm like, okay. And also like, great that you're getting that for tonight. What are you doing for the next like 14 days? Like what happens if you need to self-isolate? And she's like, oh, it's fine. Like I'll just go to super, I'll just, or she's like, I'll just go to shoppers across the street. And I'm like, no mom, like you don't get it. And so we went to the like toilet paper and Kleenex aisle and it was barren, like 90% of the way down at Superstore. It was an enormous aisle. The only two things left, there was like one section that had a few scattered boxes of like half boxes of Kleenex that no one wanted because they were ludicrously overpriced. And with every other product of toilet paper, paper towel, and most of the Kleenex gone, there's one pristine stack of paper towel rolls that were ludicrously overpriced that like was like 80% present and everything else was just gone. (laughs) I was like, it was the whole aisle. Like my mom literally didn't believe people had bought them all. She was like, no, no, they're just, they're just like remodeling. They're moving this somewhere. I'm like, no mom. I'm like, they're sold out because people have been buying all of them. Oh mom. I was, I was struggling so hard to be like, you should get some canned vegetables. She's like, I don't like canned vegetables. I'm like, I understand. What about like, what if we get you some dried pasta? And she's like, I'm diabetic. And I'm like, right. Fuck. I'm like, okay, what can you eat? And so like, we got into this thing where I'm like, okay, so like, what can you eat that we can put away that's non-perishable? And we had to like brainstorm. And in the end, we ended up coming up with, there is like, we ended up getting rice because I could convince my mom that she she eats rice anyways as a diabetic. Don't even get me started. Um, but <laughs> I'm like, I want to make sure she has enough rice that if she needs to, she can survive it. And I already gifted her a metric crap ton of dried lentils and legumes and stuff. And I'm like, if she has to subsist on rice and beans, she's actually pretty set there. So in the end, we ended up getting like some cans of fish and like some pasta sauce. And there's like, there's like a few things we ended up getting like canned tomatoes she can cook with. But it was just like getting her there to like having all the supplies took like a couple of hours and she ended up spending $150 on groceries. And then like days later was like, Oh my God, I'm so happy you took me shopping. (laughs) Cause like it just kept escalating. That was before we closed the borders. That was before, um, the recommended maximum gathering size went from 250 people down to 50 people. Yeah. And now it's at 10. (laughs) I didn't even read that. It's at 10 now. I believe now it's at 10. Don't quote me on that. She says it's, being it's, recorded. Right. But <laughs> it's going to go down to like maximum size is like two people. And then it's going to be like maximum size is one. And then it's going to be like maximum size is zero. Just shoot yourself in the face right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, not actually. Not actually. No, but we like have to make light of this because it's they actually don't do that. Um, but we just so hard not to make light of this because it's like the way that I cope. So fun fact. So because I have my patio, um, me and the person that you and I most best have in common, 
Sure. Um, so, so they were here uh-huh. yes, the, the other yesterday and we like put up, um, we secured, um, um, like hard points and stuff to put my hammock up, which is going to come on Sunday. Um, and what have you, but we made, I made the joke that I wish that I could like suit, like quarantine suit up and then like treat my balcony like a bar Love and it. make people like quarantinis and other cocktails. Love it. And so on Sunday, this person and another friend of ours are going to come. We're all going to be like suited the fuck up, like <sighs> mask, gloves, everything, the I have a thing of cavicide wipes. Of course I do. Um, you know, just ready to be cracked open. And we're going to do a little bar party outside my house. How are you going to sanitize the dishware? Um, my theory literally was to use a cavicide wipe. But like no one can, you don't want to use a cavicide wipe and have someone drink that. Um, does it not all go off? I think you, I could be mistaken, don't quote me on this, but it might leave a residue of toxic chemicals because cavicide is so fucking toxic. Okay, well then, I don't know. We're going to, one of the people is more medically sure. trained and ideal, or it turns out that I won't be the one to Makes the drinks. make them, which is sad because it's funny if I do it, but also. It is funny if you do it, yeah. If you're fully suited up, it's probably okay as long as you're not drinking from any of them. Well, I would just drink from my own. I guess that's true, but you'd want to make sure not to touch theirs in a sense. But you'll have gloves and stuff on. Yes. You can also do what some, like, I think operating theaters do this, where everyone gloves up, and then they put a second pair of gloves on the person who actually is going in someone's guts. Because it helps. It reduces oh, it reduces the load of what's on your gloves. Because your gloves are already not sterile. Even if you wash your hands first, then put your gloves on. Which is always a pain in the ass. Because you have to wait for the water to dry. Because you can't blow it off. Because otherwise your respiratory droplets get all over your hands. Uh... So you have to wash your hands with soap and water first. Wait for them to air dry. Put on gloves. And then someone else has to glove you. After you've got like your all of your other PPE on like mask and like, so like operating theaters do it like that. I don't think you need to do operating theater protocol. I'm just saying, here's another cool thing. Well, so here was the thing, right? We're like, at first it started off as like a joke and then we're like, Oh, but we should actually do like cocktails outside Morgan's house. That's great. (laughs) And then it was like, wait, if we're going to fucking do this, let's do it. And so I'm like, I wish we had booties because that would also add to the level of ridiculousness. Oh my God. Booties would be great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll see how it goes. I'll likely post a photo on my Instagram. You know, on the 12th, I want to say I'd have to look, but I think it was on the 12th, which was like before the big announcements on the 13th that like Sophie Trudeau had been like quarantined or whatever. Yep. Um, like before all of that, shit sort of because it started hitting the fan about six days ago i would say i would say the 13th is when it went started going nuts and we are now parked at the 19th where like a lot of people are self-isolating there's fears about the economy stock market's taking a huge crash it's like this is history this is a moment in time that is a very weird place to be it's funny too because like you hear about events like this and you're always like, I wonder what it would be like to have like <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like what would it have been like to have lived through like the blitz on London? And like yeah. people are recorded being offered the chance to like go and like ask why haven't you gone? And they're like, 
there was there's never been anything like this before and there never will be again and like I'll be damned if I miss this. Like people saying shit like this when their neighbors are getting bombed out. Apparently there's a psychological effect that like if you aren't so close to trauma that you get traumatized, there's an exhilarating feeling that you're like invincible. You get like some kind of euphoria from it. Yeah. So like the response that people were having was like highly traumatized if they were right in that circle of like they knew the person that got bombed out. But if you were across the street and it was like someone down the street got bombed out, people were like, didn't hit my house. That's like the third house to go and it didn't hit my house. Come on, Jerry. You know, like they would full on like people had weird reactions to it. So they ended up being the the amount of people that were thrilled by the experience or that experienced like bursts of euphoria for surviving what would otherwise be certain death apparently outweighed the trauma. Oh, that's great. It's really weird. Um, not that I'm saying it was a good event in, in any shape. Like war is always terrible. But no, but some... it's fascinating to, obs- to like um, yeah. observe that statistic. Yeah. It's just like something you'd never think of. So I wonder if when people recover from Corona, if they get Corona and then they're like, huh, I was part of that, like 80% that recovered. Nice. I wonder if that's going to start being a thing, but like mark my words, if I get through this and they are, they aren't going to test me to see if it's Corona though. So I'm still Uh going to have to be careful. But like, if I, if I had confirmed Corona that I had survived Corona it would mean that I would have the antibodies in my blood to donate because you can donate like blood and that can confer passive immunity if I'm remembering my degree properly, which means you won't have the immunity indefinitely, but you'll have it right now, which makes a lot of sense when you're waiting for a vaccine because if all the young folks get exposed and develop some immunity and all the immunocompromised folks are like huddled in their houses. The ones that can do blood transfusions, that would be one strategy for giving them a better chance of surviving it. If they got it. Yes. Come on. Apocalypse planning. And the, yeah, the, funny, true. the funny thing is we have a lot of really intelligent, like people that have been in school way too long <laughs> that are like, they know this stuff and they're implementing these systems. So like all the stuff that like, I learned about epidemiology. There are actually people being paid to do it now, which is so cool. Yeah. I missed my calling. Yeah, that's very true. What can I say? No, I didn't actually, because I touched my face too much to be an epidemiologist. I would go on my first mission to like get rid of cholera and would just like get cholera myself. Have to be like on IV treatment for it. I'd be the most useless epidemiologist if I had to be in the field at all. I would get everything. I have no, after getting this, I have literally no faith in myself to be able to avoid getting infected because I was genuinely trying, including hand washing and like sanitizing stuff with disinfectant. And I'm like, well, I got sick with something. So like, and, and that's the thing, like people develop a false sense of security. They're like, oh, I'm so good at doing all these things. And I'm like, I've been trained in aseptic technique. I'm not, I'm not worried about my lack of knowledge around this stuff, but was I observing everything perfectly? Clearly not. Mm-hmm. It's, it's too easy to fuck up and you just have to fuck up once. You just have to miss washing your hands watch once and touch your mouth or, or nose um, or face really. Like you really just need to fuck it up like a couple of times at most and you're fucked. Like you can be perfect for like days Right. Just like not not doing the standing too close thing. Like you can just observe all these really hard things for days and then you screwed up once or twice. 
and it was the wrong person. So you're infected because it was at the grocery store or it was like someone you didn't know. But those are the uncommon infections. Usually it's someone yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we've done the list. Do you have any last closing comments on podcasting in the time of Corona? Oh, um, only that I hope that everyone is like, like, I hope that you, we all gain all podcasters that I know gain so many more listeners during this time. (laughs) I'm not expecting dollars. Like, I'm just like, listen, I actually hope that everyone, I think if you if you can, like, I currently have two months of rent, like just conveniently, what, what? Honest, like honestly, conveniently, Solid. it's actually astonishing. Solid. Um, by the end of the month, yeah, that I'll have two months of rent. So that's great. I'm still hoping there better be a fucking rent freeze. Um, I was definitely in, I definitely invested what savings I had. I had two months of rent, um, in a month with the stock markets being as they are, will I still have two months of rent? Well, we'll figure it out. But I'm not I'm not actively worried because I still have my last paycheck coming as well, assuming it actually gets here. Yeah. So I'll be fine. Yeah. For now. Yeah. But oh my god, yeah, a rent freeze. Should. Oh my god, would be so good. And seriously, Morgan, if they actually roll out the EI subsidies for gig workers at at like nine hundred bucks up to nine hundred bucks biweekly, I definitely won't be able to collect that much because I don't make that much. But like, oh, yeah. No, it would. It'll be great. I'm really looking forward to the subsidies that have been announced. And like my panic subsided so much just hearing that the government was taking it seriously that like you can't just ask the whole population to go two weeks without income because every working class person will be like, okay, who wants to lead the revolt? (laughs) Because like it would just be they would all become homeless and then they wouldn't be able to self-isolate. And then you would still have the thing you're trying to prevent, except it would have cost a lot more and it would result in a goddamn revolution. You can't ask working class people to do that. It's not possible. No, no, it's not strategic either. Um, So which is why they announced pay for people like gig workers, because the current EI system doesn't really respect that. And like everybody that I know who's a stagehand lives paycheck to paycheck. I know like a couple of people that do really well for themselves and they don't live paycheck to paycheck, but I'm talking like when you know people that are like high riggers or riggers that can be making between like 40 and 60 bucks an hour, but that's misleading because in this line of work, people will work a five hour shift and then they'll do like a split shift. So you'll do four hours to load in in the morning. So you have to be up super early. You get to work at like seven or eight, you work four hours. Then your shift doesn't start until midnight the next that night so you'll do like four hours then so like you you only get paid for eight hours that day and then it's whenever the next show is which might be a week so you have to try and pick up work like other places you end up working for like six to eight different employers there's no way you can easily do an ei claim with that like when i filed taxes this year i had six t4s and a t5 because I have my own company and I pay myself in dividends. Do you know how fucking complicated that is? My total income was under twenty thousand dollars. I so, so I went to do my taxes and then almost cried because it was like you owe almost six hundred dollars and I was like nope I literally closed my computer and then messaged my human and I was like hi can we? I'm pretty sure they've been on your podcast have they not? Um, the human that we share most in common. Yeah. Yes. They've been on my podcast a couple of times. They are lovely and I love them to death. 
Oh my god, I just want to talk about them, but I won't. That's okay. I mean, I'll talk about them while talking about them separately. <laughs> right. Um, but, um, yeah, and so they were like, don't panic. We'll sit down and do your taxes. And so we did. Aww. And they, because, yeah, I also, I did one contracted job right. for literally 24 hours. Wow. And like adding that to my taxes alone made me owe so much fucking money because I wasn't taxed on however the system worked. Weren't taxed. And so on I was it. like, wow, this is terrible. Plus hey. EI plus CPP. Yeah, I hate this. And so yeah, this individual literally I basically just give them gave them my passwords to everything. They got all the paperwork and did everything beforehand and then we basically just sat down to plug it in. Um, That's really so, thoughtful blessed because i literally would have just been like fuck it i will die and i don't care <laughs> you're like let them let them come after me i have nothing pa paperwork and stuff like that just actually makes me like stuff like that in particular makes me just want to cry anything that are like official documents i actually just want to not do it no it's it's stressful getting a letter that has like canada's seal on it that's like official government I'm always just like, well, this is the hand of God that can literally do anything to me. Literally. Like just the, I mean, not a hundred percent literally, but pretty much they can do almost anything to you or they can make it legal to do whatever they want to you. Like it's uncomfortable. It's a problem. And like people don't take it legit because they're just like, oh, government is great. And I'm like, is it though? Is it though? I mean, we would be worse as a species without it. I'm not worried. I like, I don't, I don't think we would be better off if it disappeared tomorrow. No, but no, that cannot happen. Have you ever seen Lord of the flies? <laughs> I read it. I still I remember. Did both. <laughs> I, <laughs> I still remember when the um, invisible bubble of social etiquette disappears around piggy and they murder him with a giant rock. Oh, by the way, hashtag spoilers. <laughs> literally but for real like yeah. i did you hear that the states has had like i mean no one should be surprised by this but an increase in like firearm and ammunition sales of course since all of this canada has too but like drastically in the states i'm like do y'all think you can shoot corona is that what you think is going to happen do they think it's going to turn into a zombie apocalypse or do you just generally feel safer with a massive thing of ammunition in which case i have questions about what's happening for you psychologically yeah like how is your solution this person might infect me with corona so i'm going to end their life like you know what else you could have bought a fence an electric fence <laughs> Literally. And guns are expensive. Granted, it takes a long time to set up an electric fence and a gun you can take with you anywhere in some states. Um, but, like, it's not a great solution to shoot people. No, it's never a good solution to like shoot that, people. That shouldn't really be your go-to. And like, I need, that to, I need that to not be your first or second option. Hopefully it's not even, like, your third or fourth. Like, if you're going to have a gun, that's fine. But, like, maybe make that, like, your absolute last line of defense. Oh, entirely. Yes. Yes. This is what I'm saying. Yes. And interestingly, it's like, I feel like the people buying guns aren't even buying guns most of the time, like to threaten people like us that don't have them. They're buying them so that they don't get threatened by like the 10% of gun owners that would. Like, I feel like a lot of gun ownership is for protection from other gun owners, which is like, what? What? Literally. It's confusing to me. Literally.
Well, I think we have exhausted talking about um, Corona right now. I'm happy to close this session and we can record another one if you want to keep talking. Oh my gosh. What do you want to talk about? Well, first I'll say thank you for being on this episode of Infinite Interactions with me, Morgan. Oh my God. Thanks for having me, Victor. This was so much fun. (laughs) I'm glad. So how was it, Intimates? Did you love something you heard or maybe you're upset by something I said? Leave your comments on facebook.com slash intimate interactions, or you can go to patreon.com slash Victor Salmon, where you can find our Discord server. All of these communities are available on intimatepodcast.com, and I genuinely look forward to speaking with you soon. If you liked it, please consider helping us pay for show costs over at Patreon for as little as $1 per month. It's incredibly helpful. It's just a dollar a month. If you can afford it, we would hugely appreciate having your support. And hey, if that doesn't work for you, I completely understand. You can also help out by going to leave a review on iTunes or other favorite social media platform. Social proof like that helps so much with visibility and audience building. It helps other intimacy and relationship nerds find us. And if any of that just sounds like too much work, you can always do something really simple and it still goes a long way. Something like just tapping share and sending an episode that you liked, maybe a favorite, to a friend or partner, or maybe you can send them something you think they might really like. That's probably more considerate. (laughs) Thanks so much for your time and for your help in keeping us making more of Intimate Interactions. Oh yeah, I almost forgot. The intro music was Driving in the Rain by Timecrawler, and this outro music is Acoustic Blues by Jason Shaw.